Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, October 3rd, 2021. Coming at you live from the Hockey Night New York studios on Long Island. A stupendous show coming up for you tonight. Brian Compton of NHL.com will be joining us. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me, as always, is Christian Arnold. Christian, how are you? I'm good, Shawnee. Yeah? How are you? I'm pretty good myself. What's oh, going on? Did you have a nice weekend? I did. How was yours? Mine was pretty good, too. Good. Not bad. Yeah. So welcome to the show, to the late night edition, or as our pal, our friend Mel called it, uh, Hockey Night in New York After Dark. I like that. <laughs> that was way better than late night edition. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. So H-N-I-N-Y After Dark. So thanks for tuning in late here to twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. Looking forward to talking Islanders. Plenty of stuff going on. The preseason games have started. Mm-hmm. And we want to start by thanking our sponsors, starting with R.J. Daniels. We are presented by the great R.J. Daniels American Bar and Grill, located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center. It's the best place to catch the Isles when you can't be at the game. Head down for great food and drink specials, plenty of HDTVs, and in-game sound. And happy to be sponsored by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, an official partner of the New York Islanders and the greatest deli around. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com for all their great offerings. And, of course, a big, big thanks to Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you're tired of dealing with long hold times and the impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optimum, and Verizon, give Thai Technology a call at 516-856-7800. For three free months of service, Christian, we got games, preseason games, but we got games that we can talk about. Look, it's 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 great to see we got teams squaring off. We're starting to see some some players out there, some drama, some stats, some jockeying for position. What do you say, CA? Well, certainly, <laughs> I know I use the word intrigue a lot, quite a bit, that, actually. The, that yeah, show going into training—that's the buzzword on, on H and I lately. But there certainly has been a lot of intrigue, and it falls yeah. into where I think we all thought it was going to be, and that was that battle for the extra forward position. And it certainly heated up in the last week or so, especially since the um, preseason has begun. Kiefer Bellows has become a pretty big standout the last couple days and the last couple games, um, as well as the last couple days in camp. Oliver Wallstrom catching a lot of attention, not in a good light. Mm. Ross Johnston certainly making his push for that's that spot there in, yeah. the, in the bottom six of the Islanders forward group um thomas panic richard panic totally if if you're listening at home i paused and look at looked at the camera after after (laughs) christian once again calling richard panic thomas no no i'm I'm telling him next time his name is thomas panic let's yeah i can't wait to see how that goes over i'm I'm looking forward to finding out how that goes richard panic right um are making certainly making his case becoming that to be that utility guy that the Islanders always look for, uh, especially as the season goes on. He, he's most likely to be the one, I would imagine, considering his versatility around the lineup. But now I think the intrigue is a little bit in that third that third line spot too now with Oliver Wallstrom. I, I don't imagine he won't make the roster, but certainly the fact that Barry Trotz kind of snuck that that comment in there the other day about Wallstrom not having the best camp certainly caught a lot of people by surprise and, and certainly raised a lot of eyebrows. Well, let's start there. Sure. Do you think that might be Barry just kind of playing some head games with Ollie? I certainly think it, it, it's, it was meant kick to, the butt to for catch some attention for yeah. sure. Um, but that's not to say that uh, you know, Kiefer Bellows, who is certainly making a, a push for for a roster spot this year, hasn't done a lot to maybe raise a couple eyebrows himself in a good way. He's caught, in a, he's got a lot of attention. He's played really well in the preseason games that he's been in, especially the game against the New Jersey Devils. Albeit, I'll grant you that it was the Islanders versus basically the uh, what is it? Their the Utica Devils, <laughs> right? Or Comets, whatever the their AHL affiliate is, right? Um, right. It, Comments, they yeah. they. Fielded a mostly, if not all, AHL lineup in that game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was you could tell by the disparity in shots in the first period alone, where it was about sixteen to four right. or sixteen to three after the first twenty minutes. And you made the trip to the bridge. I did. I did. And they made some renovations. They did behind the scenes. Yeah, okay. a lot of behind. The, and you and you also noticed the the 
logo, the new logo is now at center ice for the Bridgeport okay. Islanders. Big B. There's, a, there's a, a lot of Bridgeport Islander okay. um, insignias around the concourse now where, cool. where you would have seen um, Bridgeport Sound Tigers. And, of course, there's a lot of UBS signage around promoting the new arena. Of course. Oh, and yeah. if you were there, you also saw about a million times the announcement that MSG was dropped from Comcast Xfinity's lineup in Connecticut, uh, New Jersey, uh, and they're encouraging you to switch to a different flat platform. Uh, because on Friday, I believe it was, that the um, cable provider made the decision to drop them after right, they come to a new, right. a new agreement. Now, mm-hmm. I'm sure that stalemate will end at some point. They always do. It's all but money, if baby. you're an Islanders fan in Connecticut or New Jersey and you don't have... I, I don't know. I guess Verizon or whatever, whatever. Or op, the, do they have Optum in Connecticut? I, I'm I not 100 percent sure. Th- or Altice, something like that. Right. Yeah, but mm. certainly there might there may be some issues with you trying to watch the Islanders on MSG networks. Not that we're promoting you to go see go get a new cable <laughs> provider, but certainly <laughs> I mean. uh, something to keep an eye on as the season gets closer. Uh, with but I took you off track. You were talking yes. about the the Devils uh, <laughs> fielding their farm team in Bridgeport against the Islanders. Yeah. So. Certainly, Kiefer Bellows looked really, really good in that game with Matthew Barzal. Um, there was a couple two-on-one opportunities that the Islanders had that really um, looked looked really good. Bellows really matched well with Barzal, and there was a lot of op- scoring opportunities. Obviously, he converted on one of them for the Islanders' only goal in the preseason loss, or one of the Islanders' only goals in the preseason loss. Um, but uh, it, it, was, it was an interesting game, that's for sure. Yeah, well, preseason games tend to be. Because you got some guys you don't normally see in the lineup. You have some different combinations, and you get goalie splitting games and all that. And, and it's funny because regardless of that, you still get some fans that are like just pounding on teams for the results. I mean, these games don't mean anything. Yes, it's a warm-up for the regular season, and of course you want to see your team perform well all the time. But, you know... These are just, this is just the coaching staff trying to see what they have. The management coaching staff yeah. is kind of looking on the ice, seeing what combinations work, seeing who's working hard, seeing who's going to earn a spot. And that's what it's all about. I mean, the uh, even with the Islanders playing an AHL team on, on Saturday afternoon and, and with the, the roster that the New Jersey Devils fielded, it's, it's still a good litmus test for what you have. And it, it, it's an interesting position to be in. And, and Andrew Gross asked a great question after the game about that because – it, it's tough to really get a, a gauge of what your team is in a game like that when you're playing a, a roster that is so right mismatched. Right. Let's, let's put it nicely that way, mismatched. Sure. When it comes to the number of NHLers on one side and the lack of NHL NHLers on the other side, it certainly makes it tougher to gauge what you have and maybe tougher for the Islanders because you know it's easier to take your foot off the brake and, and kind of get away with making some sloppier plays because you know on the other side there's not – the same level of talent that you may have. I mean, the Islanders still lost that game, granted, but again, it's, right. it's the same, com- you know, a part of the same conversation we're having. It's preseason, doesn't matter, but also you're going to get those guys with a little more jump because now they, on the other side, and the Devils have a lot to prove because they're fighting yeah. for roster spots and they're playing up against a team that, on paper, is supposed to win pretty easily and, and was, for the most part, up until the last uh, period of that game. Right. Yeah, I mean, again, you kind of take these games with a, with a gigantic scooping of salt, because it's just, it's all just, again, just trying to find matchups and lineups and, and, and combinations and stuff like that and seeing who's got what. And, you know, as these games go on, the rosters will whittle down. We'll start to see who's got a better chance of making the team. Uh, we already saw some guys get sent back. Obviously, Ratu went back to Finland. I believe that is now the, uh, the proper pronunciation, even though there's a Y at the end there. I think it's Ratu rather than Rati. Uh, I, I still thought it was Ratty, but I think it's Ratu. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll have, not that that's well. we'll no, have, it's another, it's we'll have another. We be pronouncing it. Right. We'll have another season to figure that out before. It's, <laughs> yeah, that's something we we'll have time. to consistently talk about. We on, do. on a weekly basis. And and I guess now that his name's come up, maybe we can talk about him a little bit more. He impressed throughout camp. We yeah. talked a little bit about him with Andrew Gross. Uh, do you think he's he might be on the path here to to be a nice? I don't want to say surprise because we heard about the talent that right. he had, and he kind of had to bounce back from from going down in the draft, but it looks like they may have something here and a guy that may be, uh, you know, either uh, at least somewhat or at least maybe even a big factor for this team's future. Yeah, I mean, we saw it in that first, that that showcase uh, camp that he would, he, he played over with in the United States right after he was drafted. He certainly had a great camp there. And then to come and have a, a strong camp and a strong showing with the Islanders, I, I think is a great step in the right direction. It's still early 
to to really get a gauge. But you have yeah. to be you have to like what you saw mm-hmm. in New York and, and in Philadelphia when the Islanders played the Flyers and the Rangers in those first two preseason games. You have to like what you saw out of them. There was a lot of confidence. There was a lot of um, you know ability there, and you certainly saw that he can skate and he can create scoring chances. and And I think that's a good thing for the Islanders. That's certainly a, a good first step for him to make that impression with the coaching staff. Yeah, and especially for a team that has shipped off quite a few draft picks over the last few years because they've, they've been chasing cups. Right. So it's nice to see them, you know, they get back into the draft because of that trade with for, for Nicoletti. Mm. He, this pick comes over with, with Panic, with the Richard Panic, And <laughs> they end up taking a guy who may end up being a real gem here in the second round. And I think it's, it's fairly unanimous among people that have been covering the games and, and fans that have been watching the games. And it looks like this kid may have something. So hopefully he goes back to Finland, keeps working on his game, building his confidence back, and we see him take another step next year. Yeah, no, it, it, like I said, great first step for him, and it's exactly what you want to see because he's a he's a guy that has a, a chip to a, kind of a, a chip on his shoulder and a lot to prove because of of where he was drafted and kind of the expectations and how people believed it it, it faltered last year. Now, when you look really into it and, and you dig deep into what happened last season with his his pro team overseas, it's a little bit of a different story. They were a pretty deep team. It was tough for him to get into the lineup consistently, and that's. Never easy to do and never easy to showcase your talent, especially in a draft year in a situation like that. And I think the Islanders were the beneficiary of a circumstance that they've taken advantage of in the past. You know, you look at some other players that they've drafted and, and have really developed into NHLers, and, and that's sort of a similar story. Yeah, and, and that's what keeps strong teams strong in the long haul, where you're able to find those gems, whether it's... Yeah you know, later rounds or whether it's finding a guy that dropped that, you know, maybe people lost faith in for one reason or another that ends up getting their game back. So it's a real positive for the Islanders, and, and that's 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 a way that Lou Lamarillo is going to be able to keep this team at the forefront where, you know, look, we don't have to worry about this right now, but you look right. down the line where, you know, maybe some guys out of this team, you know, that are aging up or, you know, the contracts are coming up and you might finally have to part ways with some of these guys. You know, you got to be able to filter guys in. And, and I've used, you know, the, the Devils under Lamarillo as an example, how they had a great farm system. They were always bringing guys that you may not even have heard of, right. and, and they just seamlessly work into the lineup, and they're great. Detroit Red Wings when they were making the Stanley Cup playoffs yeah. every year and battling for cups. So, you know, you'd, you'd like to hope that the Islanders can kind of follow that model now under the management that they have and, and become more of a perennial contender as opposed to maybe just a, a couple of years and out. You know, no, I, I absolutely agree. I think the circumstances were a little different there. The, it, everything wasn't as interconnected as it is now. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the Detroit's and the New Jersey's were able to do that because they had a bit of a pipeline and they were some of the only oh, yeah. things that were farming in those areas compared to the other, you know, 20, 29 teams, 30 teams in the league at that point. Sure. Well, Christian. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, we have to break. I know. That's why I cut my <laughs> answer cut that short. short. Very nice. So, folks, want to thank you for tuning in to HNINY After Dark at twitch.tv slash hockey night. And why? We'll be right back when we come back. Brian Compton of NHL.com will join us. It's a new Islander season, and you've got a great spot to catch all the action. RJ Daniels American Barn Grill in Rockville Center. Inside the bar or the heated outdoor patio, you won't miss any of the excitement on their wall-to-wall big screen TVs and in-game sound. Enjoy it all with delicious food, drinks, and plenty of specials in a lively atmosphere staffed by the friendliest folks around. RJ Daniels is in the heart of Rockville Center at 279A Sunrise Highway, just steps from the train station. So come on down. Watch the boys in blue and orange continue their quest for Lord Stanley with your fellow Islander diehards. And when the game's not on, stop by for a great meal and a great time seven days a week. Hang for the late night bar scene or book a party or catering for any occasion. Call 516-536-6258 to make reservations and go to rjdaniels.com to check out the menu. RJ Daniels American Bar and Grill. Your home for New York Islanders hockey. Customer service is the backbone of any great business, and reliable telecommunication is essential to keeping your client base happy. Introducing Thai Technology, a low-cost, flexible internet phone service founded on the idea that every customer deserves exceptional service while providing simple setup and management and easy integration to clients across the country. Thai Technology will not only create a custom solution tailored to your specific needs, but will partner with you to provide a competitive edge to you and your clients. And if you need support, you won't be routed to an automated call center in another 
another country, you'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account. So Islander fans, if your business is looking for a change from companies like Spectrum, Verizon, or Optimum, Thai Technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages. Just call 516-856-7800. That's 516-856-7800. Or visit them on the web at thaitechnology.com. That's Thai, T-I-E, technology.com. Thai Technology, the right choice for your internet phone service. Did you have a nice break? Well, it's time to get back on the couch for more Islanders Therapy with Shawnee and C. Arnold on Hockey Night in New York. That's right. This is Hockey Night in New York. Christian Arnold and Chuck. ready. With you, as always. And, of course, it's that time of the program. We go to the phone lines, and of course, that's brought to you by our friends over at uh, Thai Technology. And on the line with us, presented by Thai Technology, is our good friend of the program. I can't, sorry, it's Brian Compton from NHL.com. Brian, uh, I do apologize. Shawnee was <laughs> acting a clown in the studio while what I was trying mean? to do the introduction for you. So hot, you? It was a hot beat. What's the uh, I, I, I can only I can only assume that Christian picked this music, right? I, yes, I did not. No, whoa, yeah, whoa, it was all whoa, him. It was that all was him. not me. Stop it. This it was, was not him. me at all. And this, yeah. this it was all him. slander is not something I will stand for. But be wow. I appreciate you coming on. Sorry, it's not Kiss, but we do have some standards on this show. All right. Well, I, I assume we have to keep this quick because it's getting late, right, Christian? I got my bedtime extended an extra hour for this, so you're there good. There you Brian. go. Mommy said wow. it's okay. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> You can stay up tonight. <laughs> talk some hockey, Christian. B-Comp, plenty to talk about when it comes to the NHL and the New York Islanders. And uh, I, I want to start with, with, I think, one of the big storylines that have developed over the last couple of days, and that's been Oliver Wallstrom and Kiefer Bellows, and certainly the almost um, different trajectories there on this, this training camp compared to where things started last season. And... I'm curious to get your take on what you've seen out of Wallstrom and, and how concerned, I guess, for lack of a better word, you are um, that Barry was was kind of calling him out a little bit there during during one of his press conferences. Yeah, I don't really read too much into it. I think he's going to be fine. I think Barry said it the other day too, Christian, that he's not really too concerned about Wallstrom long term. Um, you know, it's nice to see Kiefer Bellows is having. A good camp. I know he scored, you know, uh, Saturday afternoon. But at the end of the day, Oliver Washam is probably going to be uh, that annual twenty-five plus goal guy. Um, is he having a bad camp? I, I, I trust Barry Trotz more than anybody else. <laughs> um, but having said that, it is training camp. Um, he is going to make the team, and he is going to be a, a big time contributor. I think. For sure, Brian. And you mentioned Kiefer Bellows having a decent game, and he had that goal. We we've been talking about these last few <laughs> these last few shows. We've talked about the glut of forwards it seems that are going to be fighting for those extra forward spots. And do you think this might give him a, a little more of an opportunity to stick with the team and and not be a victim of the numbers game and end up back in Bridgeport to start the season? You know what, Shoney? I mean, if he's not going to play, then I wouldn't have him here. To mm-hmm. to be honest, I mean, yeah. he he ha- he has to play. Uh, it's the same thing with a with a with a guy like Aho. Sebastian Allen has played three games in 18 months. I mean, he has to play somewhere, right? And it's yeah. not going to be here. So, you know, it, it, I'm sure Kiefer would rather be here. That goes without saying. But at the end of the right. day, it doesn't serve him or the organization moving forward uh, for him to be here and be a 13-14 forward. He's He's got to play, and that's going to be a Bridgeport, I would think, barring a move of, of, some sort, of some sort. Okay, fair enough. That sounds about right to me. And another guy who's been raising eyebrows in camp here is Robin Sallow on the D side of things. Now, again, he's, he's in a, he's in a position where he's going to have to leapfrog some guys to get a chance to stick with the roster too. But do you like what you're seeing out of him? And, and maybe he's a guy who could perhaps find his way wearing a New York Islander logo rather than a Bridgeport Islander logo sooner than we might've thought. Um, barring injuries, perhaps, I mean, we'll see what happens yeah. with injuries and whatnot. Um, but again, this is somebody else who has to play. So do you want Robin Salad here to be the seventh defenseman? I don't see how that serves him well or, or the organization. Um, he's got to play like it, like these other guys that we've been talking about. So, um, I did a full disclosure. I did not see the game in Bridgeport, um, yesterday, but I did watch the game, uh, in Philadelphia, and I really, really liked what I saw from him. Uh, he can move the puck. He's he's shifty. He, yeah, I I I hate comparing him to, to to guys, but I really 
Uh, I saw a little bit of Tory Krug in him, uh, okay. just the way that just the way that he moves the puck. So uh, we'll see what happens long term. Um, but he's somebody else who, who has to play in Bridgeport, I would think. I do agree with with B Comp here, and I, I'm curious: could you see him taking a more similar route to the way Devon Tays ended up with the Islanders a couple of years ago, where he had a great camp, and I think Barry Trotz actually wanted him to be on the roster, and Lou kind of talked him out of it. And then he got in that January after the Islanders had an injury. I believe it was Thomas Hickey, actually. Uh, and then he came in and, and, and kind of filled the void and ended up never going back down. Could you see Salo taking a similar approach in this situation? Because it, it just certainly seems like he's playing so well and that there's so many good things about his game right now. It's hard to see him being in Bridgeport for much longer. And I think he's kind of come. He's more prepped than I think a lot of us thought he would be. Yeah, I think the one major difference, Christian, between Salo and Taze is that Taze was already in North America and playing here True. for a while. True. Um, Salo still has some uh, adjusting to, to the North American game a little bit. Um, but again, I, I really liked what I've seen from him. But uh, I think he has to hone his skills a little bit more in the American League before we can talk about him playing with the Islanders. No doubt, Brian. No, I mean, he'll be playing with the Islanders. I mean, that's a uh, fair mm. point. <laughs> Good one, Christian. Mm. Wow. Even uh, even after 10 o'clock, the wit is sharp here on yeah, Night just, New York. Just drop the mic now, Christian. You're not going to do anything better than Indeed. So now that that happened, Thanks, I completely guys. forgot the question that I was going to ask, so I'm going to delay until it pops back into my head. Well, I'll ask <laughs> another question in the same vein. B-comp. Obviously, that seventh defenseman role is going to be really important for the Islanders this year with Zidane Char and Andy Green being, um, you know, the veterans that they are, but they're going to need to have their minutes managed a bit. From the group that you would imagine is going to compete for that that seventh defenseman spot, the Ajos, the uh, Gustafsons, the Thomas Hickeys, um, um, who do you think is is poised to fit in that spot right now? Is it is it Gustafson as everyone seems to believe it's going to be? Uh, I'm not convinced. Um, from a very selfish standpoint, I would love to see Thomas Hickey stay in the NHL because he's such a good dude. Yeah. For that's that's the main reason, just because I know Thomas and I, I would just love to see him stay here. And he's been through so much in the last year year and change. Right. Um, but it is a salary cap world, so maybe they go with an Aho, or maybe Gustafson agrees to a, a 700k kind of a contract. Uh, or maybe a guy like Paul Ledoux, who has some NHL experience, who's, who would you know play for something similar. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, again, um, does Gustafson serve that big of a purpose being a seventh defenseman when he's a power play guy? You know what I mean? It's just it's tough. And I go back to Aho, who I would rather see play. Um, but I believe he would have to go through waivers. Uh, do they risk losing him for nothing when he's been a, such a good soldier here the last year and a half? Yeah. Well, um, oh, it, 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 no, it, it, it's a fair question. I just don't know which way that, that, that they're going to lean here. But again, from a selfish standpoint, I hope it's Thomas Hickey, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, how do you not root for a guy like that who's, right. who's been with the organization for so long? And, and yeah. like you like you aptly put, he's been he's been through quite a lot. But yeah, we're definitely rooting for him here as well, one way or the other. So, to keep it on the defense, Zdeno Chara, Christian brought his name up before, and he's now officially a part of the team. He's gotten in some game action preseason, albeit, and he's had a couple of pressers now. What do you, what do you make of the presence? You know, it's funny, right? Like, he started his career here, and he had a, you know, a huge, huge tenure with Boston, winning the Cup, and now he comes back as a well-seasoned veteran, but a, but ex an extremely well-respected one at that future now. Hall future Hall of Famer. Do you do you feel his like? Do you feel his presence with the team like and how he's kind of I don't know reverberating off of off of the rest of the guys there and and I suppose the the kind of respect that the the guy has now you know kind of coming full full circle full circle <laughs> after starting his career in the Islanders. Yeah, I mean, it's cool, right? I mean, it makes you feel, at least for me, not Christian so much, but for me, it makes me feel very, very old that he's <laughs> my age and, and still playing in right. the National Hockey League. I mean, right. I remember Zidane when he first yeah. came into the league yeah. a long time ago. Um, you know, as far as the respect uh, and whatnot goes, Shawnee, I mean, I think that was instant from the moment he signed with them. Yeah, uh, I liked Brock Nelson cracking a joke that the guys were hoping that if he wasn't going to sign with them, that right. he was going to retire because they're sick right. and tired of playing against them. Right. Um, you know, I'm curious to see the impact he's going to have on a guy like Noah Dobson. We saw something similar 
with the Bruins and, and Charlie McAvoy. Um, I'm curious to see how many minutes a game he gets. I know yeah. he's playing about 18 last year with the Caps. Um, I think the good thing with the Islanders is that they're not going to rely on him to play 20 plus minutes because of the depth that they have, you know, Pelican Pollock will get the bulk, but Barry likes to rotate, right? I mean, these, you know, that third defense pair, uh, which I assume will be Andy Green and Scott Mayfield, they're not going to play 12 minutes a night. I mean, everybody's going to contribute. And then when everybody's pulling on the same rope, that's when the Islanders are their most successful. Talking with Brian Compton here on the line, brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology and, Brian, you kind of stole some of the thunder out of my next question, but that was going to be how much do you have to manage the minutes of Andy Green and or Zidane Char, considering um, their their age and as well as the fact that this is going to be the first time in about two seasons now that, that the NHL is going to play, they're planning to play anyway, an 82-game yeah. <laughs> schedule plus what Glass half full, people are assuming is going to be another deep run for the Islanders play- for, the, for the Islanders in the playoffs. How much do you think is, is there that Barry Trotz needs to kind of manage their minutes and make sure that they're not overused and they're going to be ready and, and healthy for the full length of a season? Yeah, no, it's a fair question. I think they have 18 back-to-backs, something along those lines. So, um, yeah, it's crazy, dude. So, um, yeah, for sure. I think maybe that's why Augustavson perhaps makes the team just so they have somebody to step in when they when they want to give Chow or, or Green or somebody else. I mean, there's going to be injuries along the way. I mean, nothing goes as planned. Uh, from start to finish. So, um, yeah, I mean, with, with so many back-to-backs, um, they're going to have to be cautious here a little bit. And I think the coaching staff knows, knows that. Again, you're not going to see uh, Chow or Green play in 22, 23 minutes a night. That's just not going to happen. Yeah, that sounds about right to me, Brian. And moving over to the goaltending side of things, is there any update on Varlamov? This, this sounds like we might get in close to a potential Ilya Sorokin start in the season in game one because it seems like we haven't heard much on whether he's going to come back or not, did we? I, I think at this point, Shawnee, Sorokin's starting opening night. I mean, we're getting, it's what, 10 days out? I mean, the fact yeah. that Harley's not even out there and practicing with his teammates yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not so I'm not calling anybody a liar here, but at the same time, I'm not kind of buying the whole soreness day-to-day thing anymore. Uh, I think that this is something more than that. We'll see. We'll see what happens here moving forward. But uh, you'd like to see Varley out there at some point this week just to just to, to give fans a, a better gauge of where he is and, and how he's doing. Um, you know, it's nothing against Corey Schneider, but he's another guy who's barely played in the last 18 yeah. months. I know right. he's a veteran, um, right. but can you count on him once these games are, are for real? We'll see what happens. Yeah, for sure. And just in a hypothetical, let's say Varley does come back soon. Let's let's say that this doesn't linger on long. It doesn't sound like it will, but... Right. So let's say he comes back soon. Where do you see the split going with these two guys? He comes back, he's healthy. How do you see these games going between the two of them? Do you see more of a 50-50 split now that Sorokin's had a, had a go-around here last season? Or do you still think Varlamov takes the, the bulk of the load, even if it's not a heavy, heavy, so heavy of a bulk? Yeah, you know, before this, the whole Varley thing happened here with, with the injury, I kind of felt like this was going to be uh, a situation that we saw a couple of years ago with him and Grice, where they just alternated every game until Barry made up his mind around <laughs> January. Right. Um, just because they're both number one goalies in this league. I mean, let's be honest. Sorokin's the number one goalie in the NHL. I don't think there's any dispute about, you know, just going off what we saw last year. So um, having said that, even if Varley was healthy, I think towards the second half of the season, Sorokin's going to start to play more. Um, I think he's going to be a star in this league, fellas, to be honest. I'm not trying to get people too excited here, but um, you, I, I, I keep going back to that game five in Pittsburgh, which was just ridiculous. Yeah. I um, I'm I not saying you're going to see that every single night from him, um, but he's he's really, really, really good. I think he's going to uh, take the bull by the horns here in the second half of the season. Yeah, Brian, I don't think you're going off on a limb saying that. I think I think the expectations are high for him, and and, and for yeah. good reason. So, you know, hopefully he continues to develop, and, you know, he, he lights a little fire under Varley. Look, he, a little competition. They're both performing well. There's nothing wrong with that, and it only means good things for the Islanders. But, Brian, yep. before we let you go, we would be remiss if we didn't throw the random question at you. Which we You're not going to ask me the name of that song you played at the start, right? Because I have no idea. What <laughs> no, no, we wouldn't do that okay, to you, Brian. Good. We know that's one of your favorites, but we won't. <laughs> we won't go any further than that. So, Brian, the random question is, 
If you had to choose between the Giants winning the Super Bowl or CM Punk winning the AEW Wrestling Championship, which would it be? I would rather see the Giants win the Super Bowl. You sure? <laughs> I'm positive. Okay, because inquiring minds want to know. You guys, I mean, I like to be 12 years old sometimes. But <laughs> the Giants are one of my <laughs> one of my loves. You know that. Yes. Yes, indeed. Well, we have to throw it at you anyway. That's a good question, though. <laughs> Appreciate that. It was so sorry. Yeah. It was so so. Thanks for the support, pal. Right. <laughs> Christian Arnold, ladies and gentlemen, the other half of Hockey Night in New York. Well, Brian, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us. Had some fun with you. Looking forward to the next time. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday night, buddy. You too, guys. Thanks for having me. Take care. You got it. All right, folks. That was the great Brian Compton of NHL.com. You, you didn't like that question, Christian? It could have been better. Could have been better? Could have been better. Yeah? Well, too bad. <laughs> that was the question. That was the question. So the show rolls on, Christian. The show rolls on. And uh, anything you take from from Brian's responses that you want to kind of piggyback on here? Are you, were you paying attention? We had Brian Compton on. Damn it. Damn it. This is what happens after 10 o'clock with Christian. He's barely awake. <laughs> He's barely awake. I wonder, was he in his, his pajamas or no? I don't think so. I think, I think he was in his work clothes. Although, in fairness, in, in this day and age, he might have still been in pajamas. You don't know what I'm referencing? Throw back to our very first show. Oh, no, yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) I wish we had pulled that. I wish we had pulled that clip up and had that on the ready just to. Well, that's that's where you failed. You didn't bring that up. So that's why I forgot about it until that until we until he was coming on literally in that moment. I was like, that's a great opportunity. Right. So a lot of intrigue um, in the preseason here (laughs) (laughs) with the New York Islanders. And yeah, I think he makes a good point about Bellows, about Sallow. If they're not going to get into the games, if everybody's healthy, then they should probably go to Bridgeport. I guess the concern with Bellows is he has to pass through waivers, so that's a bit of an issue. Right. That's the thing. That's the thing that remember Andrew Gross brought up. Arthur Staple right. had him on earlier too. That Oliver Wallstrom is the one that doesn't need to go through waivers to start yeah. down in the age. And not to go too down the rabbit hole, the the conspiracy hole, <laughs> if you will. I mean, Barry having those things to say about Wally. Like, I hope that's not a setup. For like, yeah, well, that's why Wally had to go down, you know? I mean, he's having a hard time in camp and in preseason, so we want to see more out of him. You never know. Again, I'm, I'm not trying to... I think he should stay. I want him to stay. But, you know, as, as Andrew pointed out, as Arthur pointed out, it seems like they want to hang on to as many of these guys as possible. Right. So if everybody's healthy, I mean, dare they put Wally down to start the season until they kind of get their things in order with these forwards and figure out who's going to go where and stuff like well, that? Well, I don't necessarily know if it, it'd be because if everyone is healthy or not. I think mm-hmm. that Wallstrom is, was fitting into the... It, when we talk about the 12, 12 players... Well, I mean, yeah, if, if you can't toss somebody on the IR or something like that, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah, but yeah. I'm, what I'm saying... Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. I, I get what you're saying. Now. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I don't necessarily <laughs> think that he's going to end up in Bridgeport. I... I think that this is coming from a genuine place, but also that, that as you kind of hinted at before, earlier in the show, that yeah. Trot's maybe trying to motivate him a little bit extra. Yeah, I think that's more what it is. And and give him that little push during camp for him to respond. Now, there's three more preseason games on tap, basically, for the Islanders. and mm. um, On tap, you, know, you say. They, they'll be... Am I about to get cut off by a sounder? No, oh, no, okay. just go. <laughs> just, just queuing it up. The Islanders <laughs> have three more preseason games on the schedule, and... I'm assuming he's going to get in at least one or two more as as things get more and you're going yeah. to see more of an NHL lineup. And, I, and I, I think those are the games he's really going to need to shine in, especially because the other teams on the other side of the ice there are most likely going to start fielding in a similar position, fielding their more NHL lineups than we've seen the first couple of preseason games. Obviously, the Devils game was just... <laughs> I mean, it was the Utica, Utica Devils or Comets or whatever they're called and yeah, the playing the Islanders. Yeah, and have you seen, I mean, even on the scroller, you see some of these scores that have been coming out. Like the Rangers got housed by the Devils yeah. 7-1 the other night. Yeah. I think Ottawa beat the hell out of Montreal 7-2 to or something like that. These are not real scores. 8-5, <laughs> to five, I think Tampa beat, I mean, that could be real. <laughs> <They> beat somebody 8-5 <laughs> to five the other night. 
I mean, you're seeing some ridiculous scores, and it's it's just because of this preseason stuff. So, yeah, you know, if you're watching the games, just just focus on maybe what the individuals are doing out there, and hopefully they're making some encouraging plays. I mean, look, you look at the fourth line in that first game against the Rangers. Yeah. I mean, they look great. They look like they, you know, came straight out of the playoffs. Right. Ross Johnson filled in nicely, yeah. had a fantastic goal, batting it out of the air. Yeah, I don't know if we're ever going to see that again, but we did see it that night, which well, is the great. Thing, the thing with Ross Johnson is as much as we kind of characterize him as, as that fourth line kind of grinder, kind of, you know, physical player, he does have a bit of a scoring touch in there as well. Yeah, you things look, happen when he's you, on the ice. You look at when he's, he's scored, put the puck in the back of the net, they've actually been... I feel like a majority have been like somewhat impressive goals. Yeah, you're like, he can wait, play. Man, that's Ross Johnson putting the yeah. puck in the back of the net. Yeah. So I, I think that there's something to his game that, that gives him an opportunity when we talk about that utility player. Ross Johnson kind of has the ability to play a bottom six role in, in a fourth or a third line role, mm. where I think that kind of hinders him a bit, especially mm. when you when you look at the player that Barry Trotz likes to mm-hmm. have as his utility guy. Yeah. They have to be able to play in any position. I don't know if Ross Johnson can can right. play higher up in that lineup than than the bottom six, than that right. third line. You look at a, a Richard Panic where there's some comfortability with him going up there and playing the first line or the second line if you really needed to. You can you can easily put him in the third line and, and there's chemistry and he has that that kind of peskiness to him where he can thrive on a fourth line as well mm-hmm. with the Clutterbox and the Martins and the, and the Sezikuses of the world. So sure. Panic is that kind of utility guy that the Islanders love to have on their lineup. I think to, to a certain extent, he's almost like a, a, a Leo Komarov in, in, a, in a way where... Everybody's him, loving hearing Hear, that hear right me now. out, but he's <laughs> a, a more... You're getting more bang for your buck, I guess you could say. With Panic, okay. he, Leo Komarov can play yeah. the utility role. Yeah. Panic can too, but you're getting more from that. He's a younger version, younger version of that. Mm-hmm. There's more skill set behind it. Leo Komarov, you're getting a guy that's going to play responsible in his own end. He's mm-hmm. going to create some chances. You know, maybe he'll create get some havoc. Create some havoc. Mm-hmm. Pa- Panic is that way too, mm-hmm. but there's more. There's more skill set behind it as well. Richard Panic, more skill set. Richard Panic. Richard Panic. <laughs> there you go, Christian. So what do you think? We want to we find, find out what's on tap? I think you were trying to trip me out, but I think that's what you were trying to do. I don't know what you're talking about. And now, it's time for What's on Tap. Brought to you by RJ Daniels, American Bar and Grill. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for What's on Tap. Brought to you by RJ Daniels, American Bar and Grill. Christian, more preseason games on the way. Tell us what's on tap. Well, I'd be happy well, to. Great. The New York Islanders play the New Jersey, De- uh, the uh, Philadelphia Flyers on Tuesday. Okay. At, at Webster Bank Arena in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Okay. Then they play the New Jersey Devils on Thursday mm-hmm. at the Prudential Center in Newark, the Rock. New Jersey. Okay. And then the Islanders wrap up their preseason with a final home game in Bridgeport against the New York Rangers at Webster Bank Arena in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Hop on the ferry, drive the car, get on the train. That kind of thing. Take a walk. <laughs> it's a long one. It's a long will, will you be hopping on the ferry? For Saturday's game. Well, I'll go to Saturday's game, yeah. Okay. Well, that's, yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. Yeah. So yes. you're going. Yeah. I'll All right, cool. Saturday's game. All right. Um, <laughs> but certainly, that's the, those are the three games, three final games of the preseason and kind mm-hmm. of what we were just talking about mm-hmm. when it comes to the Islanders and the preseason matchups. There are going to be some intriguing battles to finish to finish out the rest of the preseason yes certainly that the battle for that that extra forward the extra defenseman is going to rage on in the last couple of games and yes. I think you're really going to start to see barry put more barry trots put more of that nhl caliber lineup in in these yes. three games coming up you're going to see anders lee out there at some point i would imagine mm, hope so i would imagine um in these final three games beginning on tuesday against philadelphia uh, because that's kind of the timeline that that Trotz had put out there at the beginning of camp. They're going to ease Anders Lee back into the lineup. They were going to obviously let him go, no restraints mm-hmm. during camp, but they were going to ease him in and give him the first couple of games of the preseason off, and then the third, last three or four, you're going to see him back in the lineup. And I think we've we've obviously now come to the the last three <laughs> three preseason games yes. that are on the schedule. So by default. You have to imagine he's going to be in the lineup starting on Tuesday. Yeah, you'd like to think so, and we'll see further roster reductions, and we'll probably see a pretty good representation of what this game one team is going to look like, perhaps in that last preseason game. Yeah, you know, usually they use you know you might use that one as kind of your right. 
your sneak preview of, mm-hmm. of what's to come in the regular season. So we may have a few of those questions answered as far as who's on what line, right. who's going to factor into the lineup, the Richard Panics of the world, the Ollie Wallstroms apparently of the world, and I suppose trickling on down. Right. So exciting times, intriguing times on tap for the New York Islanders as we get to, I mean, this went fast. Only three games left after this week. The preseason's over, and yeah. then all of a sudden, and the road trip begins. Regular season starts October 14th. Unreal. We're almost there. In Carolina. In Carolina. That's going to be a great first game. I feel like the Islanders have started the season a lot against Carolina the last they couple have, years. They have, actually. Which I don't know why I remember that, but it, it certainly seems like Carolina is... is I actually on, the, on their schedule a lot in the beginning of the year. There was, I believe, I don't know, maybe five six years ago. I think it was a it was it might have been during the Barclays one of the Barclays seasons. Mm-hmm. But I think they opened back to backs against Carolina one year, like a home and home, if I remember Strange. right. Strange. Yeah, you, you know, it's a valid point. It has happened. I, I I guess they just like playing each other in the beginning of the season. I don't know what to make of it. <laughs> I don't I don't get it. And there's new management now, so it doesn't really make any right. sense. I'm sure it's just luck of the draw. So luck of the draw. And also on tab, ladies and gentlemen, we want to remind you, big viewing party coming up on October 30th, Halloween bash, two o'clock start against the Nashville Predators. We'll be doing a pregame show starting at 1230, a boo Z brunch Saturday over at RJ Daniels American Bar and Grill. We're going to do the same thing we always do, raffles, prizes, giveaways, except this time there's going to be a Halloween spin. We encourage people to show up in costumes. We still got to figure that out on our end. Again, we're not requiring it, <laughs> no. but it's basically mandatory. Oh, okay. That's that's kind of two conflicting ideas, but I, I like it. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Show up in a costume. We would like that. That'd be fun, right? People like to have fun. But again, not required. Don't be that we, person. We would, <laughs> we would still like to see you, even if you're no fun. <laughs> even if you don't wear costumes, we would still like you to come down. It's going to be a great time. Everybody knows now RJ Daniels does a fantastic job over there. The mm-hmm. hospitality, the food, the drink specials, all that stuff's going to be going on. And we're going to have fun. It's going to be a great time. Come down. Tell your friends. Tell your fam. RJ Daniels. Boozy Brunch. Saturday, October 30th. The flyer's out in the, on the social media. You can check out more details. And we'll have more filtering in as we get closer. Guests and whatnot. So, uh... That was What's on Tap, brought to you by R.J. Daniels, American Bar and Grill. All right, Christian, that was on tap. We move on. Yeah. Where do you want to go from here? You don't know. You have no idea. <laughs> I still... Love it. Love it. I love putting you on the spot like that. It's great. It's fun. So we talked about Salo. We talked about Ratu. We talked about... Well, do you want to, I suppose... Elaborate a little more on what you've seen out of Bellows because you talked at the top of the show. You were impressed with his game. Obviously, put some numbers up. But what are you seeing out of him that uh, might make him challenge for a spot here on the team? Well, I think it's just the consistency he's had in camp and in the preseason. I don't mm-hmm. think there's been a game where you've watched him where he doesn't look in lockstep and where he needs to be. Uh, getting that opportunity with Barzal, too, is a, is a good test. Obviously, Barry Trotz is, is looking to see where guys fit, and he was doing that early on when he was playing, um, you know, different guys on different lines, and, and people like, oh, you know, you know, the, the natural reaction, especially in the sure. first two days what? of training camp. <laughs> you know, how, how could this be, this and that. Um, right. But it, it's that feeling out process. And now that we're further into camp, um, they're still going through that feeling out process, but when you give Bellows a shot like that, Bellows is still a, you know a pretty highly touted prospect within the organization. You know, there's still that expectation that there's something there for him. So certainly, that has to be a, a bit of a sign, at least of of where the coaching staff thinks he has been through training camp, where he's getting that opportunity to play in the top line with, with you know the Islander star player. So and and Kyle Palmieri as well, who was on the top mm-hmm. line with with Matthew Barzell. Yeah, yeah. So. It certainly bodes well for him, and I think it's a testament to what he's done in camp. Again, that skating seems to be there. His his, his comfortability on the ice, there seems to be more of a maturity in his game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I think those are all good signs. Now, whether that, that translates to him making the NHL roster, yeah, that's the big question at this point. Again, I, I think the intrigue now with between the two... The, the two mm shifts i guess you could say between bellows and between wallstrom right at the moment Mm -hmm. um certainly 
plays into all of that. Now sure. that, that Bellis knows maybe there's a little bit of blood in the water, so to speak, for, for a roster spot. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there's that extra push. You know, yeah. if you're him, you have to know that um, you can't take your foot off the gas. And right now it just doesn't seem like that's happening. Yeah, and, you know, you bring up a good point. I mean, Barry being the wizard that he was, that he is, perhaps that kick in the pants for Wallstrom was also intended to trickle down to some other guys like Kiefer Bellows here and something like that and being like, hey, maybe I got a shot here. I really got to show what I have. Well, I, I think I think the thing I like from Bellows this season is kind of that mentality of knowing you have to come into camp and you, there's no there's no day where you can take your foot off the pedal. You know, you're battling every day you step onto the ice for a roster spot. Um and I think that's translated to every guy that's that's come into camp from the from the Zach Parisis and the Zidane Chars and all of them down to the the guys competing for roster spots who are on the bubble. And Bellos has certainly in, embodied that, and I think that's a great thing to see for him because of all the ups and downs he's had in the last couple of years with with his yeah. his spot on the roster, his spot within the organization. You know, last season, two seasons ago, you know. You were thinking this kid, this was the kid that was going to make the jump. You know, he was going to yeah. be the guy that was going to be the star player going forward. And, you know, the first couple of weeks of the months, month or two of the season last year, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It certainly seemed like he was on pace to do that. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, Barry Trotz started to say, well, you know, there's a couple of things we could, we'd like to see better in his game. And then all of a sudden, Oliver Wallstrom came into the picture and Wallstrom really force the coaching staff to have to say, you know, between Bellows and Wallstrom, but Wallstrom's the one that's getting all the time now. Yeah. Now the shoe seems to be on the other foot a little bit. It, mm-hmm. So it's certainly an interesting, it, it's an in, intriguing, if you will. Yeah, I'm just gonna sure keep do, I'm just going to keep doing it to, to right. annoy you. Thanks. It's just it's, it's just an interesting shift in, in how these two scenarios have played out and how you would have expected them to play out. Sure. Okay. Well, what do you say we talk about some heroes? Okay. How does that sound? All right. Let me find the button here. Oh, no. We break now for the hero. I almost forgot. Welcome to Hockey Night New York After Dark. <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks for tuning this in. This is actually just a bottle of vodka. And <laughs> love that. Thanks for hanging out here at t- after 10 p.m. here. Hockey Night New York, Sunday night. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, it is time for the hero of the week. The only thing better than a great Long Island deli is a great Long Island deli run by diehard Islander fans. Blue Line Deli and Bagels located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington will make any Islander fan feel right at home with its familiar blue and orange theme and Isles decor. Blue Line Deli and Bagels proudly serves Bagel Boss Bagels along with breakfast favorites, hockey-themed heroes, quesadillas, salads, fresh-made smoothies, and much more. So stop on in for delicious food, a clean atmosphere, and a happy staff ready to greet you with friendly service no matter what team you support. Want to place an order for pickup? Call 631-944-3222 or visit bluelinedeli.com to check out the menu and order online. Blue Line Deli and Bagels, where the great selections will have you saying, yes, yes, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, when you hear this song, that means it's time for the Hero of the Week, brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Half Price Hero, which this week, of course, is the B-Comp Q with boneless ribs, barbecue sauce, pickles, and onions on a Hero. Get it half price all week starting tomorrow. That's Monday through next Sunday, where we'll announce a brand new half-off Hero. So stop on in, mention Hockey Night New York, and get half off the BCom Q in honor of NHL.com's Brian Compton. It's gonna be really cool when we can do the ant the gross uh, sandwich and when he's on and a gross sandwich. A gross sandwich. I love that. I have to say, I do love that. So Christian, let's get on with it. The hero of the week. Tell everyone out there who you felt had heroics this week well i feel like it's a bit anticlimactic now we just spent the last five minutes talking about him that would be Kiefer bellows oh wait hold on a second there he is oh did you not change the picture (laughs) i forgot to change the picture (laughs) well everyone just look at anthony bavillier there and just envision him as Kiefer bellows okay 
<laughs> Hockey Night in New York After Dark. See, and I could have played it off because the audio listeners don't know that, that his face isn't there right now. But we're going to pretend that that's key for Bellows. And oh, my God. No disrespect to the man. We apologize. Anthony Bavillier is not key for Bellows, but that is Christian's <laughs> hero of the week. Key for Bellows. So, Christian, why don't you explain to everybody why that is? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just going to put the description back up there. <laughs> Well, <laughs> never a dull moment here at Hockey Night. Oh my God, yeah. um, that I, was worth it. That was worth uh, it. I was. I mean, was it's it. for all the things I've I've said the last five minutes, and really all the, all the other things I said during the show. Bellows has just shown a lot of growth during training camp, and uh, it's really been it's been a, a good thing to see out of him for where he needs to. Be in the point at this point in his career and, and making this strong push, mm. and uh, obviously scoring a goal the other day against the New Jersey Devils, and uh, yeah, so I guess mm. that's why Kiefer Bellos, aka Anthony Bovillier, aka Kiefer Bellos, is my hero of the week. All right, well, after that, I'm gonna tell you guys who my hero of the week is, and his picture is gonna be correct. Of course, well, you and that's Noah Dobson. Yeah, we'll see. Christian's responsible for adding his picture. No, I'm not. He's not at all. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to play it off as if he is. So Noah Dobson is my hero of the week. He had a goal and two assists versus the Flyers. A good sign out of a kid who, as we've spoken about on this show, needs to step up and fill a void left by Nick Letty, being a puck carrier, being an yeah. offensive producer. So again, preseason, you know, take it a little lightly, but it's encouraging to see. A three-point game out of Noah Dobson. We're going to see more responsibility, more minutes. And hopefully those are the sort of numbers that we see during the regular season. Agreed. I mean, I think it's a, it's a great sign. And obviously having the mentorship from Zdeno Chara will also be a big thing for the development of Noah Dobson. Yes. Yes. Yeah, oh, you were not ready to. Oh, well, you were, see, yeah, that was me saying keep talking. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's, that was. You, that's well, all right. Yeah. So for the record, usually when someone goes like this, that <laughs> so means wrap it up. No, no, that's not, that's this. Not if I'm not, not this. Well, this not looks this. like wrap it up too. Yeah. So it's see, I was trying to do something that's funny tough to tell, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I think that it's going to be. <laughs> I think it's going to be you know a great thing to have Sedano Char pair with Noah Dobson. The, the the invaluable learning experiences that he's going to get from. From no from from Zdeno Chara is going to be uh, a, a real a real boost for his career, and obviously you've seen what the Islanders and and, and Chara have been able to do with Tori Krug. We meant you know Brian mentioned Charlie McAvoy, Long yeah. Island native, mm-hmm. um, in their careers. So certainly having him around, not only Dobson but uh, you know all the other defensemen that the Islanders have, is a good thing. And and I think. Dobson is is ready to take that next next step. I mean, he has to at this point. He has to fill that. Void. <laughs> it's kind of mandatory. Yeah, at this this, point. he has to fill that void. Like the that Halloween Nick costumes. Nick Letty left, and uh, yeah, like the Halloween costumes exactly. So did you see the screen, man? Yeah, no, I was trying to I was trying to do what you were saying and keep talking. And yeah, make a point, and then I fixed it. That's key for Bellows. He's right there. Well, I'm glad you took the time to fix it now. <laughs> it's all about the effort, buddy. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was the Hero of the Week segment brought to you by the fantastic. Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Remember, stop and mention Hockey Night in New York for half off the B-Comp Q with boneless ribs, barbecue sauce, pickles, onions on a hero. So there you have it, folks. The Hero of the Week. Now, Christian, did you do your job during the break and scan the chat I, I, for I questions? I feel like today is not the day to be asking me if I did my job after that uh, little goof. Man. I, I mean, it was just a general question, not so much an insult. Like, obviously, I dropped the ball with Kiefer Bavillier Bellows, but it's fine. We move on. We had a laugh. And now, did you get any questions yes. out of the chat? Great. T Boyle 13 asks My boy. Is Martin going to be placed on the IR or LTIR to start the season? Well, Christian, I think you would have a better idea than I do. I don't think so. I think that one of the biggest tells is going to be this week. I think tomorrow, uh, not tomorrow, because mm. tomorrow's Monday. Uh, Tuesday yes. in the preseason game, um, Bellows, oh, Bellos, geez, now i got to keep Bellows on the brain all the time now. Mm-hmm. Matt Martin did skate with the team on Friday, which was, I think, one of his first skates with the actual you know, training camp group that the Islanders have there. So mm. that was a good sign. I don't think that it's anything to be too concerned about sort of with the the um semi and Varlamov situation. Mm. I think in the long run it's not it's not the end of the world, 
Okay. I don't I don't think he's going to start the season on LTIR or, or or any sort of injured injured list. I, I think come October fourteenth, he's going to be out there on the fourth line. Yeah, I, I think everyone's kind of they are kind of taking it easy because they, they understand the kind of chaos that comes with this season. You have an eighty two game schedule for the first time in a couple of years. You have a condensed eighty two game schedule because of the Olympic break in the middle of February, and they're doing an All Star game this year as well. So. All of that taking place, you're going to have a lot of you have a lot of games in a short amount of time. So, better to be cautious now than to to run the risk and try and push them too hard. I think if we don't see Matt Martin at some point this week mm. in a more expanded capacity, I think then the, that's when you start to ask the question: Is this more serious than they're letting on at this point? Right now, I say no. I don't think that's the case. And just to just because this idea popped in my head and talking yeah. about IR and whatnot, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody ended up there, whether it's Martin or not, just because of the roster gymnastics that may have to be pulled by Lou Lamarillo. And every now and then you see a general manager, a team, maybe put a guy in IR that I'm not saying isn't genuinely hurt, but, you know, you need to make some moves in the roster. You need to bump some guy in a spot so you can hang on to him. I don't think it's far-fetched to see somebody end up there that maybe we weren't expecting. Yeah, but I, Matt Martin or otherwise. I, but I don't think it's going to be Matt Martin. That, okay. just, that doesn't make it. That the the logic there doesn't make much sense to me because <laughs> Matt Martin is, is a key cog to your fourth mm. line, right? Yeah, yeah. Who, I, who I wasn't saying who, him necessarily? Who are you? But but who are you putting him on IR to keep? That so that makes him even if he wasn't hurt. Let's say, or right. you're using your logic here. Well, again, it doesn't necessarily have to be Martin. But if you throw anyone. On IR, it means you got another spot in the roster for a right, guy no, who doesn't I, have to pass through I, waivers I, I or have to be dealt that, or but whatever. I, I don't think the Islanders are going to play that game with with Matt Martin. If you said Leo Komarov, if you said um, you know one of the other, one of those other guys, that would make a bit more sense. Well, to, yeah. to keep a you know to keep a Kiefer Bellows or someone up. You yeah, know, if that was the it was that if that was the move you were going to make. But um, Matt Martin, no, I don't think I'm, I don't think we're going to see him on LTIR or IR to start the season. Okay, what else you got? Um, well. How do we feel that Zach Parisi has looked in the, in the preseason and the training camp? Uh, I think he's looked fine. I don't think he's looked spectacular. I Mel don't think or he's looked 22 asked that, by the way. Good old so, Mel. Just so we get, we, you know, credit. Who, credit yes, credit of course. Him. I want to see more. I, I have high expectations for Parise this year, actually. I think he's going to fit really well next to Pajot, and I think he's going to put up some decent numbers. I think we're going to see between 10 to 15 goals out of him. I think... That's that's possible, and I think that line is going to be extremely effective on both sides of the puck, whether he's scoring or not. As far as how he's looked so far, I need to see more. I thought he's looked pretty good at, at in camp and, and during the preseason. Um, you know, he had he had the opportunity the other night, the other afternoon, I should say, against the Devils again, the AHL squad. But you know, a, a great, skilled, strong play to get by a, a defender and get a shorthanded breakaway there and, and create a scoring opportunity. I think he's looked good when he's been out there. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't see any issue with his game. And, um, you know, I think that his role with that third line is going to put him in a position to succeed. I, I don't think the 15 goals is out of the question. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I looked, I've seen him in training camp and I've seen him in preseason. I don't think there's anything to, to complain about at this point. I think he's in a good spot. I think he's, you know, meshing well with with um, JG Pajot and and the guys that he needs to mesh well with, and you know, I think that's going to be a, a real boost for for Pajot and whoever is that that other player on the third line, and, and a big boost for Parisi. All right, next, uh, do we see the Islanders making a trade before October fourteenth? T Boyle fourteen, uh, T Boyle thirteen asks. Well, I suppose it's possible because of the excess players we keep talking about. They have. Extra forwards, extra defensemen to a degree. Not as big a concern down there. And uh, I actually, well, I'm going to get to actually answering this question. But <laughs> but because it popped into my head, though, do you think Gustafson is going to be the seventh? I think he is. I, I think I, I think I everything is. That, yeah. I think everything is trending in that direction. Yeah, you don't yeah, bring him so. in yeah. for, to just be a PTO. I think the Islanders wanted to get a sense of what he can do. Mm-hmm. And I think the plan all along, other than being wowed by another player on the, on the roster, really, mm-hmm. Would, was going to be for Gustafson to sign a league minimum contract, get, mm-hmm. give him an opportunity for a, a year, maybe two here, um, to really, for lack of a better word, reinvent his game and, and put himself back in the position where he was a couple years ago in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And 
then the Islanders have a, a you know a seventh defenseman that they can count on that can come in and, and play that low, play that role that they need him to play. Left handed defenseman right. can you know kind of quarterback that power play. Be younger, be, also be younger. <laughs> has the offensive ability, can skate pretty well. Obviously, his defensive game leaves something to be desired from yeah. from from past seasons. Right. But if there's a coach that can kind of get you out of that, it's Barry Trotz so, and, and the, the system that he plays. So this is a good spot as any for him to kind of succeed in that role. And to circle back to the question at hand, yes. T-Boyle, I, if they do make a trade, I think it's going to be minor. I think it's going to be more bookkeeping. It's going to be more shipping a guy off because they have too many of one thing or too many of another. It's, it's going to be more of a minor situation if they make any deals at all. I don't, I don't expect any sort of roster changing moves any sort of you know big moves bringing a guy in you know that's going to play on the regular roster or anything like that maybe maybe somebody gets moved for a low pick or something like that but i don't i don't see any trades I mean, you're, you're on board with yeah that, no right? i mean yeah. i think if we do say a deal it's going to come at the deadline um and it's going to be it's going to be similar to what we've seen in the past couple of years mm-hmm. where it's going to be a player that they think can impact them once they hit the playoffs you know, that's been their M.O. for the last couple of years. J.G. Pajot, you know, two years ago coming in here, and that was the guy they saw as being a real impact player for their playoff run. Um, you know, same thing with Kyle Palmieri and, and um, Travis Zajac, both players they thought could come and um, be impact players in, in their various roles for the Islanders during the postseason. Obviously, everyone was on them for, for what happened during regular season, but when you look back on it now, it all kind of makes sense. They needed the time to acclimate and, you know, J.G. Pajot would have had the same same circumstances. But I think when you look at where the Islanders are going to make a trade, if they do make a trade, it's going to be at the deadline. It's not going to be right now. Yeah, I'm with you there. So, Tom, we hope we answered your question sufficiently. And it looks like we got one more from Jim Starachi. Apologies if I botched your name. But looking at the first line, who makes Barzi better, letting him do more of the things he does? Palms, Wally, or someone else? I mean, I think it's Paul Mary just for the for the – role that he plays and the veteran experience he has. You're not going to put Wallstrom on that line right now. I think mm. ultimately the goal was for Wallstrom to be that type of player, to play on that that top line and create those scoring opportunities in, in unison with Matthew Barzell. Mm. Right now, that's a lot of pressure to put on him. A guy, you know, a guy that's just not okay. yeah, sure. ready to play that role, I think, at the moment. And I think you're seeing that too with the training camp he's had now, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the expe- there are expectations on him, but it's still not first-line expectations. You put Oliver Wallstrom on the top line, and the expectations grow to an entirely entirely another level. Mm-hmm. Now, understandably, <clears throat> Barzal is going to succeed with either player. I mean, he, you know, the guy managed to, managed to succeed with Leo Komarov <laughs> on, on his wing yes. for, the, for a, a good chunk <laughs> of last season and still... Played pretty well. Probably not yeah. up to par to where he would wanted, would have wanted in sure. kind of the scoring ability that he, he knows he has. Right. If you have an Anders Lee over there um, or someone else. But certainly, you know, managed to succeed with, with a guy that is not necessarily giving you some of those scoring opportunities. Palmieri, I think, makes him a better player because Palmieri has a great sense of, of where the play is going. Um, you kind of see that, that vision that he has on the ice. And you've seen it in the very... Small instances that Paul Mary has played on that top line last season. You know, you, there were a couple times where the two of them without and would end up out there on the ice, and I think Paul Mary scored a goal off a, off an assist from from Matthew Barzal or vice versa. Um, so I think there is a certain a chemistry that's already kind of there, and I think because of the veteran experience that he has, I think because of of his his vision on the ice and, and the ability to create those plays, I think Paul Mary gives Barzal the best chance to succeed. That's not to say Wallstrom won't down the line, but right now Wallstrom I don't think is the right player to play on that line. And I'm glad you said down the line because that's where I was going to take it. I think ultimately the upside of Wallstrom, assuming he attains that, Mm -hmm. that will be what most compliments Barzell. I think with that shot, that ridiculous shot that Wallstrom has, if he's able to put the rest of his game together and he can really become... You know, maybe what dominant would be great, but even just a great complimentary sniper right. shooter, an option where Barzell can sauce a pass to the right wing and it's getting blasted into the top right corner right, over the goalie's right. shoulder. If if that's what he can develop into and round out the rest of his game, like I said, I believe long term, hopefully not too long, he can be the guy who ultimately compliments Barzell best. And 
And as Arthur Staple has argued with the conversation of Walsh versus Palmieri going next to Barzell, I think I think Arthur makes a good point that Walsham adds a little more dynamic to that line, whereas instead of having two muckers on, on each side in Lee and Palmieri, right. you got a guy who mucks like Lee, big body, gets in front of the net, gets right. in the corners. You got Barzell, who is a magician. We don't, <laughs> we don't have to say much more than that. And then if you can get a guy who can also bust his tail in the offensive zone, but also give you that just lethal option. And it just it, it's a more well-rounded line. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. So hopefully that's what we see down the line. But I think you're onto something with, with Paul Mary being the answer right now in yeah. the immediate. And and hopefully Wallstrom extends the, the potential of, of his game enough where he kind of, you know, takes over that mantle at some point. Yeah, no, I think that's that's the plan. And I think that's why you don't rush Oliver Wallstrom to be that top line forward now or the top line forward now. Instead, they don't need to rush. Yeah, they have. They don't a, need to. They have a Kyle Palmieri. Palmieri has proven he can play on that top line and, mm-hmm. and be successful with ball, with um with Barzal, and that's the plan for now. Right. We'll see where Wallstrom's development goes from here. Yeah, for sure. With that, Christian, you ready to wrap this thing up? Yeah. It's late, man. Yeah. People got to go to bed and stuff. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, oh man, that didn't work because I didn't put the volume back up. Either here, watch this. There we go, folks. I want to thank all you guys hanging out with us live tonight at this late hour yep. on a Sunday night. Hope you guys had fun. Thank you for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. Of course, a huge thanks to Brian Compton from NHL.com giving us a great spot as always. And a huge thanks to our presenting sponsor, RJ Daniels American Bar and Grill, located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center. The best place to catch a game when you can't make it to the game. And don't just go for the aisles. They have live music, comedy nights, trivia, a late night bar scene. They have it all. A huge thanks to Blue Line Deli and Bagels located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. An official partner of the New York Islanders and the greatest deli around. Check out the menu at BlueLineDeli.com for their great selections and hockey-themed heroes. And, of course, a huge thanks to Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company producing providing phone services for businesses across the country. Check them out at TideTechnology.com for all your telecom needs or give them a call at 516-856-7800 and get three free months of service. So, folks, once again, thank you so much. Mark your calendars for October 30th. We're going to be plugging that every week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Islanders versus Predators. If you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast provider. Tell your friends. Spread the word. Punch yourself in the face with the microphone like Christian just did. No, I hit the Okay, arm. follow Christian at C underscore Arnold 01 on Twitter. Follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. And, of course, follow the show at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. For Christian Arnold, my name is Sean Cuthbert. We've been Hockey Night New York. Have a great rest of your night. Get some sleep. Bye. I'm going to press this button now.